0: Hey friends, this is Brenna Blaine and you are listening to season four of Can I Say That? Hey, are you the pastor of a church, leader of a ministry, or maybe you are in a conference and you are thinking, our body of believers needs to know how can they interact with culture well from a biblical perspective. Maybe it's something on the subject of sexuality or mental health, or maybe it's something larger, like the intersection of faith and suffering. If that is you, I would absolutely love to partner with your ministry in the coming year. Maybe you're thinking, Brenna, I had no idea that you partnered with ministries. If you want to check out my previous teachings from conferences, Sunday mornings at churches and youth groups, you can go to www.brennablain.com and check out my teaching there, where you can also submit a form for booking. I am currently taking speaking requests for 2024. Now, on to today's episode. Usually, we talk to people who are largely involved in the ministry space, but today is special because we are talking with Artie Sequera, who, if you know her, she is largely involved in the secular TV world. Artie Sequeira is a sought-after television host, author of Artie Party, An American Kitchen with an Indian Soul, influencer, commentator, and judge. She became a mainstay on Food Network after winning Season 6 of Food Network Star. A passionate Christian, Sequera also speaks to women of faith about overcoming fear and the sacred nature of breaking bread. She lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, with her husband and two daughters. Today, we talked about all things food, faith, and fame. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. So I would love to just ask, what came first in your life, the love of food or your love of faith? And can you just tell us your story and how those two things
1: intertwine? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Definitely love of food came first. Um, I was 10 pounds when I was born. Mm. (laughs) You (laughs) do? Really? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. So big baby and then born into a family where like every single moment is marked by food. I mean, like we judge whether it's been a good day or not based on what we've eaten. You know what I mean? So, um, it was always the main event and, so I mean my last name Sequera is Portuguese because I'm from a community in India that was part of part of the Portuguese Empire I guess and so Sequera father Sequera converted my Hindu ancestors to Catholicism and I would love to go back in time and like talk to them right at that moment and be like hey wh- what's going on like when did this become when did it start as like a f- you know, I don't know, I assume like some sort of forced conversion or was it a genuine conversion? And what was that switch like and what happened, you know, because that's, that's a big switch to make anyway. Um, so we were Catholic. We are, I mean, we were brought up Catholic and, you know, food's a big part of that too. Um, because there are, you know, basically there's no food restrictions for us in a country that's, you know your your faith you can tell what a person's faith is based on what they're eating for lunch right if they're vegetarian they're not eating beef most likely Hindu. If they're eating meat, but they're not eating pork, they're Muslim. If they're eating everything and having a glass of wine, they're probably Catholic or Christian. (laughs) So that was always there. Um, but it was never real for me. It was definitely like something that we did every Sunday. We, you know, we said the rosary, we did all those things, but it was never real for me. It was always real for my mom and my dad. Um, and so then, it wasn't until I was in my twenties, I had come to the states, I had gotten married, I had chased the career I thought that I was put on the planet for, which was journalism, and um, and that just evaporated all of a sudden. You know, I was on a very clear career path, and I was doing really well. I had a good reputation in my field, and then um, I moved from New York to LA, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been this hard, but all of a sudden there was no work for me. I mean, and literally it was like opportunities that I was like, everybody in the newsroom was like, oh, this is your job because you've been doing it already. And it would go to somebody else. And I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but I think that, um, it was around that time. So, you know, I was freshly married to my college sweetheart and, um, He has been a Christian since he was 13, I would say. And um, we both decided hey, we want to have faith be a big part of our marriage and our lives. And it kind of was, but we started going to a church. We hopped around a couple, ended up at a church a vineyard, if anybody's ever been to one of those, which is like the polar opposite of a Catholic church, right? There's a lot of hands up in the air, people talking about, you know, God told me this and the spirit said this and, you know, um, and I was like, this is weird. And But there was something about the preaching there that the pastor talked about God in a way that I had never considered, you know, sort of as a real, intimate, thoughtful kind, loving, you know, for me, not against, not for me, not apt to get me sort of. Um, And that's, that's when I became, you know, I think that's when the Lord really captured my heart and I became a Christian. So, and, and I think that that was no accident because I had so wrapped up my identity in being a journalist that having that taken away from me really begged the question, well, then who are you? Who are you? If you're not a journalist, you're, you know, you're an achiever, you're here because your parents scrounged every penny to put you through school. And now you've like let them down and you're not doing that. So who are you? And could, could anyone think you worthy and not a failure? And, and I, you know, my, my moment where I was like, okay, this is the real deal was really, you know, sensing Jesus, like, standing in front of me and putting his hand one hand on each shoulder and sort of looking me in the eye and not saying anything, but sort of really communicating, like, I'm proud of you. I love you. I know every single thing you've done, even those things you haven't told people. And I love you. And I think you're worthy. and I'm proud of you. And I'm proud to be your dad. And um, that just ripped me (laughs) into little pieces in the best way, I think, because I so desperately needed to hear that. So, um, it was around that time that I was cooking sort of for my sanity. I had never really cooked too much, even though, you know, I'm, I am the progeny of like the OG foodie type, you know? Um, but it was really like my therapy and my sanctuary and my solace and that, you know, I think even then i don't think the two of them were really crossing over but they were occurring at the same time that my love for cooking was happening at the same time as my love for the lord and and i don't think it really has intersected in a meaningful way until probably i don't know the past like 5 to 7 years it's like i think it's been simmering away and then sort of climaxing in this cookbook that i've written
0: I know a lot of people think that life gets easier once you become known or find success, but what have been some of the more challenging aspects of your life after winning Food Network Star?
1: Well, I think that that, that was probably the biggest one is that I think in the back of my mind, I was like, well, okay, we're all set now. You know, when I when I won, so my husband's an actor and when I, when I won food network star while I was competing, I mean, I had holes in my sneakers, um, because we were living on my husband's unemployment check, like things were rough. And, um, and I, so I was like, well, now everything's going to be okay. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like things were still tough financially for, for a long time. And, um, And also you're suddenly thrust into the spotlight and, um, you know, I felt like, (laughs) I think one of the things that I struggled with was I felt very clearly that I, um, had the opportunity here to, to, talk about God, but I wanted it to be in a way that sort of flowed out of me naturally. And so I would let little bits and pieces out here and there, but it always felt clunky. (laughs) It felt like, oh, I didn't feel good. Um, so every now and then I would get sort of responses like, we don't follow you for that. And I'd be like, okay, well, well then don't, you know? Um, I think just, just having, there were difficulties in terms of just the scrutiny and in this sort of age. And this was before, I mean, I think there was only Facebook at that point. So before sort of the the depth of social media had really taken over. But I think just feeling like, oh, this affects not just me, but my husband. I remember there was a website called Food Network Humor and it was a woman who, I mean, I I often still do wonder about her and wonder how she's doing because she was, from my perspective, just seemed so angry. And there was something about me that really triggered her. Um, and I don't know whether she had been hurt by Christians in her past. I have no idea. But something about me and then reading my blog and where I was very open about my faith and food and my family really... I mean, she just sort of she sicked the dogs on me. They would turn up in my comments. Uh, they would turn up in comments under my recipes. Um, she started watching my husband's like YouTube videos and posting them on her blog. So like you know, tens of thousands of people would then go and mock him. And I just was like, wow, this is a lot. But it was a good sort of boot camp in a way for um, you know um, every blessing also has a burden. And, um, so just know if God is withholding a blessing, you've been holding, you know, holding out for that, maybe you're not quite ready for the burden, you know,
0: you are known, you have quite a lot of followers on social media. You've been on TV, you are on TV. How do you find genuine community when it seems like everyone around you knows you how do how do you step
1: into being truly known by the community around you man that's it that is a really insightful question because honestly at the moment i'm really struggling with that um you know we moved to north carolina we got here in february of 2020 and so we essentially had you know two weeks before everything exploded and you know people shut down the world shut down but People shut down. People were not really in a space where they could take anything or anyone else on. And so, um, it has been, I'll be honest, it's been a bit lonely. We have a handful of people, um, that we have met through our church or, um, frankly, just, you know, Really random <laughs> connections that have to be from the Lord, um, but it's been pretty lonely. And I think it's also tricky when you have kids because um, you know you can't just like the last time that Bren and I, my husband is named Brendan, so I call him Brent. But the last time Bren and I like w- you know made friends and stuff, we was like we were married and like we could go we could go and hang out with people at the drop of a hat. You know what I mean? You want to go hang out and get a burger and drink a beer? Yes, let's go. And that is just not as possible anymore. So, so it's, I'm going to tell you, it's tough. I mean, honestly, I think my community at this point is, um, people in this business whom I trust and I've had to learn that that's not everybody and then, uh, the few people that we know from church or who are sort of, you know, rightly or wrongly, maybe I, you know, if they're in the faith, I'm like, okay, well at least you and I are living to the same standard. So let's try that. But, you know, 2020 was really rough on us. We lost like our best friends in the world over all of the, all the things, you know what I mean? And so, um, I, I think I'm a little stung just to try to be wholly myself with people because I'm like, well, they could reject me. And then I, would you know, so it's been tough. I mean, I'll be honest. It's been a, it's been a really tough season in that way.
0: Okay. Mom to mom. I want to ask, I'm, I'm starting to get into this place in life where I'm traveling more and I know you travel a lot, especially to film how do you steward your relationship with your kids like when you're home? How do you balance those two things of being gone and then coming home
1: and having a limited time with your kids? The first thing that we have to do is sort of throw out this idea that we're going to balance it or that we're going to do it well. I just I just let it go because I'm going to mess it I Even if I was home all the time, I would be messing it up. So... Why would I suddenly consider that when I have multiple roles that I'm juggling that I'm going to find a, you know, I'm going to balance it perfectly. I am not. I am going to mess it up. So I think the first thing that I do is I do pray over my children every night and ask the Lord to fill in the gaps for me Um, and to undo any of the hurt that I've caused and any way that I've kind of damaged my role as like a conduit for who he is. Um, I do that constantly, (laughs) um, some days over and over again, (laughs) but then the other thing is just to sort of go, okay, well, whatever time I do have with them, I'm going to be as present as possible. So, you know, so dinner time is pretty important. We sit at the table, phones are away. My kids don't have phones, but my husband and I put our phones away and we really try to talk to them and, um, ask them questions. And, you know, each of the, I I only have two children, but like, they're both anxious to get up from the table. Table and we're like, no, no, this is a time for us to just sort of check in with each other and talk to each other and see what's going on and what's bothering you. What are you happy about? We call it powers and wows. I don't think that's a new thing, but what was your power today? What was your wow today? Um, but yeah, just sort of like, okay, the moments that we do have, I'm going to try to be as present as possible and also as open as possible. Hey, I hate, I have to leave. I do, but this is this is this is the job God's given me to do right now and so even though it breaks my heart to leave you I've got to go because that's what he's asked me to do and um it's okay for you to feel sad and it's okay for you to feel mad just as long as the two of us just as long as we're talking about it
0: okay what are some spiritual practices that you have found to help keep you anchored to your faith while you're navigating such a public
1: um gosh i mean i wish i could tell you that i do like bible study every morning <laughs> i don't always i don't always um but i mean I think, I think one of the things that I do, um, is kind of what gave birth to this cookbook. So this new cookbook's called Unwind. Um, and I did it with the really lovely kind people at Dayspring because, um, <clears throat> I knew they could make some, they would make it beautiful, but also that they understand that we're all struggling to, um, just keep God in the loop, man. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? I think life feels so overwhelming and uh, so hard, especially these days. You know what I mean? I think we carry the burden of what's happening all over the world on our shoulders and it's too much for us to carry. And so I would walk into the kitchen around, you know, around dinner time and go, I've had a full day with all the difficulty, all the strife, feeling completely like henpecked. And now I got to dinner? Like, are you kidding me? Even as someone that loves this, this is not cool. And I remembered um, many, many years ago when I still lived in LA, there was this Indian market and the woman that owns it, I call her auntie, even though she isn't my auntie. Uh, Vibha auntie had told me that she prayed before she cooked every single time. And she had even taught her cooks at that market who were from like Central America, Mexico, they were all doing it too. And I said, why? And she said, I pray to be um, just a pure and clear vessel for God to work. And I started to do that. And it would be small prayers like, God, could you just make this turn out good? <laughs> just make everybody like it and there'd be no complaints. And then it, would, then it became, you know, gosh, I my husband and I arguing all the time, Lords, I'm walking in here a little brokenhearted or I'm walking in here kind of discouraged about my career or I'm walking in here um, really needing hope for the world or whatever it is. And praying that at the beginning of the cooking session kind of slowly started to paint it in these like holy hues, you know, of going, this is... This is very mundane, you know, us making food to put in our mouths, to feed our bodies is, is drudgery, you know, but he is able to transform even those mundane things into holiness and sacredness. And, um, so once you start doing that, then you start to realize, well, how I show up in the kitchen is how I'm going to show up in the rest of my life. Whether it's doing the laundry, taking the kids to school, walking onto a TV set, working with people that I may not love or people that I do love, you know what I mean? Um, you start taking that mindset into everything that you do in your life where you're like, Lord, you know, before you walk on there, Lord, I need you. <laughs> this is really tough, you know? And then you go. For those
0: who work in the secular world, quote unquote, what would be your encouragement for those who just think, okay, well, there is no intersection between my job and my faith. What's your encouragement to them?
1: What I have found to be helpful. So, okay. This is not an analogy maybe your listeners will appreciate because not all Christian listeners appreciate, but I feel like you guys are like a little rough and ready. So I have always said that I wanted to be the kind of person that talked about God in such a way that it was like when you are at a party and someone has had a little too much to drink and they have a cocktail in their hand and it starts sloshing over and kind of splashing on people on the ground on themselves, th- that that cocktail glass is overfull, right? There's more to spare. And so my focus has been, you know, when I feel like I, I'm not doing a good job of being a good ambassador or conduit or witness, I got to go back to one. And go back to one means, is my cocktail glass full? You know what I mean? And I, even, that was even the message that I got today that I was like, I need to go back to one because... Um, I've got to go back to my first love and I've got to nurture that relationship so that when I then talk to people on set, let's say which is, I mean, listen, TV is probably one of the most secular places on earth. Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't been everywhere, but, um, I can talk about things I'm struggling with and go, and I've been praying about it. And here's what I've been learning. And there's a verse that says this, 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 and this. And you start to be this person where like wisdom is falling out of your mouth. Vulnerability is falling out of your mouth. Like you talk about God in a way where it's like you're talking about your best friend and people start to go, oh, that's what it can be like. It's not just like a... Um, a rule book or a bunch of sort of religious condemnation or, you know, all the, all the ideas or all their own experiences can, can sometimes be undone just by you talking about your own difficulty and how you're dealing with it. And the other thing that I have found is that, um, you know, there, there are, there have been moments, there was just like a month ago where I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to pray for somebody. And I was like, how, what this is, you know, and I, so I went over to him and I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, Hey, I know this sounds weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to ask you if there's anything that you would like me to pray for on your behalf. And I, as I touched his shoulder, I was so overcome with emotion. Like I got that little frog in my throat and it's almost like I could feel how, how much he needed it. And he looked at me kind of weirdly and I was like, he was like, oh, and I said, I know, just think about it. You don't have to tell me now. Let me know later. And I walked away and the makeup artist said, and this is why it's important to be a person of integrity and be the same person everywhere you go. She said, Oh yeah, that's what she does. And he said, what? And she goes, she prays for people and she prays for people. And, and she told him about like an instance where I prayed for something and something had happened, that thing that we needed to happen had happened. And it sort of, it unlocked something in him where he loosened up a little and then he sent me to his credit. He really did think about it. And he sent me a message And I was like, this is all such good stuff. And then I walked over and I knocked on his door and he was like, oh, I didn't know we were going to do this live. And I said, yeah, we're going to do this. (laughs) I said, I want to do it. So you know that I'm really, I'm really praying for you. And so we sat down and again, to his credit, he was open to it and we prayed and I cried and he cried. And it was when it was over, he was like, why are we freaking crying? And I was like, I don't know. But how do you feel? And he was like, I feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulders. And so that of, of that entire season of what we were working on, that was the highlight of the entire, we were actually shoes. Halloween wars. Like that was like the highlight for me. Um, and so I think, and I will tell you, I was not in a place where, I was really feeling the presence of God every morning or whatever. Like sometimes God will just be kind and make those opportunities available to you. But in the meantime, go back to one and fill up your cocktail That's what I would say. I love that.
0: <laughs> I want to end by talking about unwind. You sent me unwind and I'm like, I'm getting you the emotional. Person.
1: You were the first person to I get know. it. I know.
0: I was like, why am I the first person? But this is amazing. I'm getting emotional thinking about it already because... Uh. We just, we bought our house a year ago mm-hmm. and this is the first cookbook I've ever owned. And it feels oh. like, cause I'm like on the young end of the millennial spectrum. So it's yeah. like, you know, you, you need a recipe, you pull up your phone yeah, and I put it up on my open shelf oh. in my kitchen and it's so beautiful That it just like it goes with the house, but it's so special that my first cookbook is also a devotional. Like Mm -hmm. that is so wild. So So I wanna I wanna first ask kind of a funny question, but it's more for myself. Yeah. What is a recipe in Unwind that is like a great starter for someone who's not like a great cook, someone who maybe is like struggles with seasoning and all those things. My husband's like, you didn't put salt on this.
1: Yeah. What should I start with? Um, I would start with, there's a recipe in there called Bombay Gnocchi. Mm. And it uses shelf-stable gnocchi. Um, you can like use whatever ingredients you have on hand. You may not have everything, but it's like cumin seeds and turmeric. It's not nothing too difficult. Um, but basically it was my attempt to take gnocchi, which is not an ingredient I grew up with, and put the flavors that I did grow up with all over it. <laughs> and then shower it with Parmesan cheese because that is, why not? right? Why not? So that, I think that would be a a good one for you to start with. It's not too hard.
0: Okay. And should I hold back on
1: the salt if I'm putting Parmesan on it? A little. I I think if you're the kind of person that forgets the salt, I would, I would just go ahead and salt. (laughs) We all, yeah, I think we, we could all, uh, use more salt in our cooking. I know people are you know, conscious about their sodium and stuff like that. But um, I, I noticed that people are really conscious about sodium when I'm sprinkling salt on stuff, but they're also eating like a bowl of chips at the same time. And I'm like, there's a lot more salt in that bowl of chips than there is in like my little three fingers picking up kosher salt and dusting it all over a piece of steak. So, um, That's the sodium we need to watch out for, but, um, salt brings out flavors. It neutralizes bitterness. It, you know, a little bit of salt at the, when you, once you finish cooking and you put a serving on your plate, you could sprinkle the teeniest bit of salt on top. And what that does is it evaporates the little bit of moisture on top of your food. And then that moisture turns into aroma that goes into your nostrils and that is one of the reasons why it helps food taste better. Oh, some science in there. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> okay. And then to end on maybe a little bit more of a serious note, what was the most challenging to yourself devotional that you wrote for this book?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> There were a there were a lot, frankly, um, for multiple reasons. I think, you know, so I worked with Day Spring. They they were so helpful because I knew that I wanted to do this format of when you need. So the book isn't divided, as most cookbooks are, into like breakfast, lunch, meat, salad, whatever. It is really dictated by what baggage are you walking into the kitchen with? And so Um, every recipe starts with a devotional and the devotional says when you need. So grace, hope, joy, courage, all those sorts of things. And uh, Dayspring helped me come up with all of those needs and even, even helped me find Bible verses that then I could sit and analyze and come up with. And so honestly, there wasn't, one that was more difficult than the other. But the one thing that I did find challenging towards the end, and I have to give credit to Brendan because he really helped me because I was a bit of a procrastinator and <laughs> left a lot of writing to the last minute, which I'm sure nobody can relate to whatsoever. Um, but, but honestly, we we both got to the point where the the punchline for every single devotion was the same. Whatever you need... It's available in Jesus. No matter what Bible verse we picked, it was always like your hope is available in Jesus. Your courage is available in Jesus. Everything came back to, it's in Jesus. It's not in you. It's not in something that you have to muscle up and get yourself. It is put your eyes on Jesus, ask him for it. That's where you'll find it and so i think coming up with creative ways to say that <laughs> 50 times was definitely a struggle but also was just really um for us a really good reminder that you know both of us are people that work out and do things and take ice baths and you know we we do all the things um but but there but sort of our true spiritual hunger cannot be met by anything physical it can only be met by Jesus.
0: Artie, you are so charming and humble oh. and kind and i know my listeners who are just being introduced to you are probably thinking where do i find this book so how can they <laughs> connect with you and how can they get a hold of your new cookbook
1: Okay. Well, I'm on Instagram way too much. So just look for my name. I should be the number one arty on Instagram is I hope so A-A-R-T-I and you will find me. Um, I'm trying to do TikTok. I really am, but I just, I'm already so addicted to Instagram. It's very hard for me to now get addicted to TikTok. Um, but, uh, you can find the cookbook on, uh, Amazon and also you can, if you go to Dayspring, you will see that there's like now a whole line of products that's connected to the cookbook. So we've come up with these really beautiful like brass, hammered brass measuring cups that have, um, you know, a Bible verse in the bottom, or, uh, there's a really beautiful apron that sort of, so there's a whole line of products that, you know, you can make with the cookbook to give as a gift. Can I say that?
0: It's a podcast created by my mom, Brett If you'd like to hear more about my mom's fantasy, you can go on Instagram and show it's Bun On
1: My Head or go to www.BrettBlaine.com.